0: What's up, Batty Bees? I'm Brianna, mom, wife, serial entrepreneur, and host of the Badass Basic Bitch podcast. Each week, I sit down with a seemingly ordinary woman who's doing extraordinary things, and I get to share her story with you. So let's go. Buckle up as we're going to get real and dive into the shit nobody talks about. Welcome to the Batty Bee Club.
1: Most people look at it as this is like they might drop into victim energy where they're like why is this happening to me this is so unfair i can't get the guy i want i like i can't find emotionally available men or whatever and to me i'm like this is a gift you're being mirrored back to you you're having an opportunity to actually see so clearly what it is you won't allow yourself to experience
0: Welcome back to another episode of Badass Basic Bitch. On this week's episode, we have Beatrice Kamau, a self-trust embodiment coach and host of the Self-Love Fix podcast. Her mission is to use spirituality, astrology, human design, feminine and masculine energetics, and manifestation to get women aligned with their desires and deep levels of self-trust with zero guilt. And today, we're going to be talking all about the role self-love plays in dating and establishing and maintaining genuine, committed relationships. So Beatrice, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Brianna, for having me. I'm so, so excited. I'm excited. (laughs) So why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a short summary of who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm a self-trust embodiment coach. And really what I do is help people build trust within themselves to learn how to make decisions from a place of using their intuition, Um, get connected to their emotions. And the whole thing with me is if you can have trust within yourself, you can expand into new ways of doing things. So I often will help my clients and students with dating like we're talking about today. And I'll help them with boundary setting and things like shifting out of a career into a business or starting their business. Like I pretty much touch... quite a few different domains, money manifestation as well. But the whole point is to really get people to expand outside of their current way of doing things and to believe that it's possible and see how it's possible in their lives. Okay. And how did you get here doing this? You know, what's so funny is everybody always asks me this and I'm like, I asked myself the same question. I literally, I'm just like, I'm happened. Like, how, how did we get here? Because I'm a registered dietitian. Like I'm still registered. That was my original like career path. And it was in school in grad school where I was like, I realized I had like this thing with perfectionism where it was causing me anxiety. It was causing me sleepless nights like having a certain grade or a preceptor saying something like I just realized like whoa I'm getting unstable based off something someone said and it was the first time I ever asked myself a question of where did this come from usually I just like I mean like a self-blame I was in a self-blame state or in a you should have known better you should have done better but I actually stepped outside of myself and asked questions and so from that day forward I was just like on this self inquiry kind of vibe where I was just I was intending for this to just be for me, for me, figuring out things about myself, about like whatever happened in my childhood and how I can, you know, shift and change people pleasing and all of these things. It was really it really started with me helping me. And then it evolved into a podcast and then evolved into coaching. I literally couldn't tell you how I got here other than I followed my, I went where I was led and I just followed what lit me up. But I did start with a podcast. And from that, people were like, can I get coaching from you? And I started just learning
0: how to run a business. So cool. I love that. How do you define self-love? Because I think people are like, oh, I just like myself. I can tolerate myself. I love myself. But like, what actually is self-love?
1: That is a really good question. And I feel like my definition of self-love has evolved as I've evolved. And I'm sure what I tell you today will probably be different to what I'll say a year from now and that's perfect and good. And what I think about it as is, I think of self-love as a deep, deep acceptance of who you are in the now. I genuinely, genuinely believe it's a deep, deep acceptance of who you are in the now. I think a lot of people look at it as shape shifting yourself, fixing yourself, doing something different and and like, or like becoming like this future self, future version of yourself who acts a certain way with yourself. But to me, I'm like, this is actually deep acceptance of who you are in the now.
0: Yeah. I really, really like that. And I think that is very, but like that speaks a lot of truth to, it's like you accepting you're not perfect, right? Accepting that you make mistakes, accept, accepting your body the way that it is um, versus using that word of like, well, I love my body. It's like, no, I'm accepting that this is who I am and that I don't need to change. This is me. Um, So I like that you use that word when defining that. It's interesting because we're, we're here to talk about dating or relationships and whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's relationships with other, uh, like friends or actually someone that you're having a romantic relationship with. A big misconception that people have when it comes to healing themselves and dating, I think is, um, that they believe that they have to fix themselves. Uh, and you said that there, it's like they don't have to feel like they have to fix themselves. But I think that's a misconception of like, I have to fix myself before they can start dating or connecting with a new person. Um, What are your thoughts on this?
1: I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. And I'm like, and this is what I always ask clients, students, or anybody who tells me that. I say, how do you know when you're fixed? Quote unquote.
0: Yeah. How do you? (laughs)
1: Good question. Yeah. And they always (laughs) look at me and they're like, uh, it's when I no longer do this, I no longer do that. I'm like, well, how do you know when when that is? And then they, yeah, they pretty much get the picture that it's like, actually, that doesn't make any sense. Um to me, I'm like, here's the thing, there's duality in this thing. So meaning when I say there's duality in this thing, I mean you you can be in a place where you're like, yeah, I recognize maybe my communication skills or my ability to be vulnerable is not in the place that is serving me or will serve a relationship that i want to be in and 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 i can learn along the way i can learn as i'm dating i can do both i believe there's duality i'm in a relationship right now and i'm still learning things still Mm -hmm. like it doesn't stop and the question becomes then if you're thinking it has to be a fix you thing Are you also saying, because in that same breath, if you're saying I have to be fixed, quote unquote, first, or I have to clean up some stuff first, are you also saying I can't be loved unless I'm a certain way? Because that's what you're communicating. Right. That's the undercurrent of it.
0: That's a really, really good call out. And what's interesting about this is I feel like I'm a good example. I like to think I'm a good example of this because I was going through a really terrible divorce in 2019. And at the same time, I was dating someone. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of times where I had to say, what part did I play? What role did I play in my marriage failing? I had to recognize what I added and caused to this relationship to fail, whatever that was. But to your point, I wasn't like, and then I have to fix everything and get myself better and read a thousand books before I could even start dating. Yeah. And yeah, and so there was a lot of learning and like practicing and make, and sometimes making the same mistakes during that current relationship. Well, that was in 2019. And guess what? I married that man. I have a baby with that man. And we're extremely happy. And if I had waited to fix my broken self. I never would have found Hunter. We never would have had this beautiful relationship. We never would have had Skylar and and my kids have a father figure. And so I think it's a good example of that because if I had listened to everyone who said like, you're dating way too soon. You need to work on yourself. You need time to self-discover. Yeah. You know, I did all those things, but I did them while dating as well. And I didn't have, I was I was also very lovable. Like you said, I didn't I didn't view myself as I'm broken. No one can love me. I'm like, I got problems, <laughs> but I'm still lovable. And as long as I recognize those things that I had to work on and I put in that effort and time and practice to help um, alleviate some of those things that I was doing, then that was just to better myself, you know? So mm. I love that you say that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. And I
1: like how you said that you, you recognized your role or you looked at what is my role. And you also didn't have that chitter chatter of like, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do that before this is possible. I love that you said that because I didn't look at it that way either. I think when I was at least right before I found my boyfriend, when I was looking at it that way was in my early twenties and it didn't get me anywhere. When I started looking at okay what what do i desire what do i want and just you know i was led by that everything changed
0: mhm yeah so what's your what's your approach because i think in our world today it's really easy to like turn to social media friends family looking for external validation advice assurance all of these things, that you really do have a unique approach to helping women strengthen that sense of self-love and self-trust. Maybe you can go a little bit into detail on that,
1: my unique approach, yeah. So what I do is because I think well, I'm I like to go deep. I really like to go deep. I like to go deeper than the surface. i so what I do is I do a lot of shadow work with my clients and students. We do, Shadow work, we do ego work, we do in some of my programs, we do human design. We do, we take a look at masculine and feminine energetics. I can't wait
0: to understand what that is. Cause <laughs> that when I read that, I was like, What is this? I want to know. Sorry, go ahead. And astrology, right? Astrology was the other one. Yeah.
1: Astrology here and there. It's not in my in my main programs, but I do sometimes use that in a modal as a modality. Yeah especially with like private clients and things like that. But with shadow work, what that is, is it's making the unconscious conscious. So it, when we talk ego work, that's really related to like limiting beliefs or how do you see yourself? How do you see the world? Our world like is, I think is starting to get familiar with this idea of limiting beliefs. I think that's become more popularized, whereas it wasn't a couple of years ago. But there's a, a layer deeper, which is shadow work, which is actually... We're talking about what's lying in your unconscious mind. like, And when I say unconscious mind, good examples of this is like, have you, well, anybody listening or even you, it's like, have you ever done something where it's like, maybe somebody asks you a question like, hey, can you do this? And you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And you're like, whoa, why did I just respond so quickly? Why did I say yes? Like, is there another me inside of my body? Sometimes people feel like that where they compulsively do things And they don't know why. Um, And so what we do, and this happens in dating, since we're talking about dating, it's like compulsively wanting to message someone like, oh my God, it's been so long since I've heard from them. Why aren't they texting me back? Compulsively, like, I have to know what's going on. It's like something's leading you almost. You just feel like you have to do something. And so we take a look at that because a lot of times those unconscious urges can really hold you back from being like being able to choose how do I want to function and operate in dating and relationships and then ego work is yeah again taking a look at limiting beliefs so in dating and relationships I've heard it all like oh dating apps an example of a limiting belief dating apps don't work okay like but there are also people who have went on dating apps and found successful relationships who have gotten married so is it is that really true or it's something you believe something you you think, you know, oh, men are bad listeners. I can't relate. I'm going to be really honest with you. (laughs) I can't relate. I've experienced quite the opposite, but I also have a belief that men are good listeners.
0: Yeah. Well, that goes back to the whole, like, you experience what you believe, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It definitely goes back to that whole thing. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people hold a lot of limiting beliefs around dating, around relationships, and they don't realize it or they realize it and they really feel stuck and trapped by it and certain that it's true but i don't believe that anything is like it's it's almost like i once heard someone say i think it was amanda francis is there anything written in the sky that says this is true and i remember hearing that and being like huh i live my whole life like that now it's like is there anything telling me this is the actual truth so,
0: yeah, yeah. I like that quote. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, so, what about the masculine and feminine energetics? What is that? Yes.
1: So, masculine and feminine energy, it's also known as yin yang energy, Shiva Shakti energy, like different cultures. They have different names for these two energies, but they're polarizing energies, right? And so I think in our society, it's become more associated with genders. I I don't necessarily see it that way. I see it as just like masculine energy is this doing energy. It's this ambitious energy. It's this going after logic energy. And feminine energy is flow. It's being energy. It's um, desire. It's formless. Like, so with these energetics, they're polarizing, but they balance each other. And so when we understand these energetics and how they function, especially like in dating, you, you can understand who's in front of you better. You can understand that. And you can also, another way I like to use these energetics is like in manifestation, when you understand like desire and what you, what you're wanting to bring forth, right? That's more of the feminine energy. Then you know, there's an equal opposite, which is like the physical form of it. So with these energies it's more like I help people understand how to connect to themselves and connect to men when they're dating men and in my case I coach and teach a lot of women who date men so it's like with the feminine energy this is something I feel so many of us are disconnected from which okay before I even say what I'm gonna say I don't believe it's like feminine energy is that like I don't know, like again, I don't associate it with the genders, but some people might say like women only have feminine energy or men only have masculine energy or whatever. And I'm just like, first of all, it's the gender thing isn't really relevant to this. We actually have both. Yeah. No matter our gender, we have these balancing energies. And I think that what happens though, what I found with women in particular that I work with is that they can be so disconnected from their feminine energy. And feminine energy is also emotions. Mm. It's also heart. It's also vulnerability. It's also like, it's a state of allowing, a state of receiving. And so many of us are cut off from this energy and we're very much in doing energy only. I'm not one of those people that like, yeah, I'm not one of those people that's like masculine energy is bad. I love masculine energy and we need balance. We need balance. So, so many people get into like logic, doing, um stuck in their minds and don't know how to be in their bodies and they can't connect when they're dating.
0: Yeah, that that was me. I I probably leaned w- very heavily on masculine uh energy in that sense if that's what you're describing it as because I was very disconnected, very robotic, very disconnected in my feelings, never allowing myself to be vulnerable, um saying how I felt or allowing myself to be in a situation that supported any kind of vulnerability. It was like just this constant, strong, independent, defined person. And when I was doing my own self-work, it was a lot of that practice of that reconnecting between, you know, my partner, he embraces the feminine energy and is very like, I want to know everything about you. I want to talk really deep. I want to, he's like, what's your childhood trauma? Tell me everything. And, um and like loves to connect on that type of level. And so, you know, that was something that I had to reconnect on so that we could re, we could be connected together. So is that what you're saying? Is, is that like a good example of that?
1: That's a really good example of that. Yeah. It's like when you understand your, uh, like if you lean, everybody leans towards one energy, you know, more than the other. And so it's like, if you identify more with the feminine energy, as you deepen your understanding and your connection to your feminine energy, you're going to deepen your connection to the masculine. And like, if the masculine, a masculine type of energy is someone you'd like to be in a relationship with, like if that's, yeah. So you're going to deepen that connection by default.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. I would love to know, like, how does someone reconnect or connect with either of those energies? Like what's some good practices that they could do? Yeah. So I would
1: say with, well, first off, I would say like, is identifying which energy do you feel is your most dominant one? because uh, there's sometimes what happens is people lean into one energy not because they actually want to but because they feel they have to so they might resonate more with the masculine energy whereas naturally they're like actually I really like to receive actually I really like to be in flow actually I'm like um I'm more embracing of that so it's like something to think about is Let me use an example. It's almost like, are you someone who, in your most natural state, do you prefer to like just actually lean back and receive something or go after, do, provide for and give to someone else? Like, what would you choose? So that's the first thing I would say so that you know what's your dominant energy. And then the second thing, um, for me, I lean more feminine energy. So I'm just going to speak to that. I would say like connecting to your awareness of your body. What's going on? Something as simple as like, Are you eating because you just like it's just habit or are you tuned into like, actually, I'm hungry right now. I'd like something to eat when you even when you take a bite of your food, are you rushing and rushing or are you just like savoring the food, tasting it, like being in a state of receptivity? So I would like find ways to be in a state of receptivity. It could be even just going and taking a walk. Are you taking a walk and just like you're in your mind or are you taking a look at like what's around you, the flowers, the trees, the, are you actually like taking in your environment? Receptivity is a really good way, like being receptive, even with your emotions. Are you receptive to those?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are really good examples. Hey, water enthusiasts. It's time to quench your thirst for knowledge about clean healthy water. I have always been on the quest to find the easiest healthiest way to stay hydrated without even thinking about it. But let's face it, trusting our tap water can be a challenge, and according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, harmful contaminants lurk in 3 out of 4 American homes. That's why I want to ensure my family's health and well-being. So, Let's talk about AquaTrue, the ultimate solution for clean water. With AquaTrue's four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, you can bid farewell to ordinary pitcher waters. These countertop purifiers require no installation or plumbing and eliminate 15 times more contaminants. Say goodbye to chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs, nitrate, and so much more. AquaTrue employs the same proprietary purification technology that those fancy water bottle brands do but now it's available for your home and no more plastic waste. Let me tell you about their filters. These bad boys are affordable and long lasting. You won't have to deal with the hassle of changing filters every few months. Their filters can last anywhere from six months to a whopping two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier equals a mind-boggling 4,500 bottles of water. And the best part, it's less than three cents per bottle. Not only do you save money, but you also help the environment by reducing a ton of plastic waste. Since I've been using Aqua true, I've noticed a world of benefit. My tea and coffee taste so much better and my family, especially the kids drink so much more water. And here's the icing on the cake. Aqua true offers a 30 day money back guarantee, and it makes an excellent gift for your loved ones. So here's the deal. Today, my wonderful listeners receive an incredible 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot and enter code BBB at checkout. Remember, that's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you visit AquaTrue.com and use code BBB. I am super interested about the astrology part of things because I know negative percent about astrology aside from that i believe i'm a pisces <laughs> that's about all i know so i'm like yeah how is astrology going to help you with your self love and self trust and intuition and i am just ready for this so tell me everything
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so with astrology astrology i you can use it over, across so many domains in your life something so, okay, well, you mentioned self-trust, self-love and intuition. So here's, okay, I- I'm like, you're talking to somebody who's been studying astrology for like 10 years. Yeah, you're I was like, like,
0: <laughs> you're like It's like, it's a, g- a great example of what I just asked you is I have been playing, I played lacrosse for so many years. And then after I finished my like first year out of college playing lacrosse for a travel team, I was like, oh, I'm going to coach. And I go to a California high school team that's never played lacrosse. And they're like, teach me lacrosse. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know how to teach you lacrosse. I just do it. Yeah. <laughs> is that what that feels like? You're like, where do I even start? <laughs> yeah, it is. But no,
1: that's seriously how it feels. Cause I'm like, uh, I could just write books about this, books and books about this. But what I will say, something that I think will be helpful is the rising sign in astrology is a really good place to start, especially as it pertains to self love because your rising sign, and you can find this by, you know, going on a a website like astro-charts.com, putting in your birthday and birth time. Time is important for rising sign. If you don't know the time, it's going to be inaccurate. needs to be within like two hours, but really we want the specifics. So the rising sign actually helped me so much with self-love because it put language into words to like, well, first of all, let me tell you what the rising sign is. Your rising sign describes um your personality, how other people see you, your leadership style. It describes a lot. It's really some cool stuff. Your leadership style, the first impression people have of you, like you're just your, yeah, h- how people see you. And- what?
0: This is amazing. <laughs> I'm like literally Googling this right now. I'm like rising sign search. You keep going, keep going, yeah, keep going. And I'm, all- I'm still looking.
1: <laughs> no, I love the rising sign astrology. I have like a, a little mini course on it too. It's brilliant. And it also describes your path to your purpose. Not your purpose, but your path, like how you're going to get there. So the reason I connected so deeply with this and why it helps me or how it helps me with self, love is it helped me build vocabulary and build awareness around who i actually am it really helped me build confidence in this area so uh, like things i used to reject in myself or things i used to think were non favorable or you know whatever i began to embrace through learning about my rising sign for example with my rising sign it says that i'm impulsive I can be like very spontaneous. I used to reject these things in my, in myself. The fact that I would just, I'll do this today. No, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do this this hour, you know, just kind of very in my flow vibes. So it's a really beautiful tool for helping you build awareness and vocabulary for your personality. I would say your personality and even how you show up at work or in your business.
0: yeah. This is so cool. I'm reading mine. It's very accurate. It's very creepy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you already know what your rising sign is?
0: Well, I went to a calculator while you were oh, talking. Yeah. I was like, what, gonna...
1: di- what is it?
0: It says Taurus. Is that Oh, is that I love is it. it. Is that right? Is that, so your rising sign is just another, wait, hold on. I'm so confused because now it's saying, hold on. And now I'm confused. Rising sign calculator, it's saying ascendant. Yeah. ascendant is also a rising sign. It's another
1: name. It's just another name.
0: Okay. I think I messed up. And I, I only read the first couple of sentences, so don't listen to me. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I'm just so curious. And my I know my like exact time I was born too. My mom told me and I just remember that. Um, oh, nice. Okay. So this is super fascinating. So this can teach you, it can teach you like based on No, mine says I'm a Libra. I was totally wrong about the Taurus thing. I just named it wrong, but I'm still reading the right thing. This is super interesting. So it tells you like, um, it tells you, how you interact. It says, oh, here's your pros and your, not your pros, here's your positives, whatever. Here's the, here's the things you need to work on. Not that you need to work on them, but the, your struggles or the, your, what do they call them? I don't know. On your first impression, you may appear this way, but on a, another look, you're this, and this is how you interact with people. This is so cool. So it's another like personality test, but it's based on When you were born, which I mean, like, how is that accurate? You know, yeah, so cool. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it it, it's I wouldn't call it a personality test as much as I would say it's like the rising sign. The idea is like, because it it speaks to the moment you are born. So it's like this is who you are going to become all the days of your life. You're gonna develop into this. You're gonna get stronger and stronger into this this um, Mm. archetype, the Libra archetype or the Libra zodiac sign. So for you, that's like you're somebody who's values relationships somebody who values aesthetics i can see from the back <laughs> <laughs> like your home like values That's aesthetics accurate. you're probably a really great conversationalist actually like from our conversation i'm getting that vibe already <laughs> um
0: people persons, yeah, so cool. peaceful diplomatic yeah so this is really interesting okay everybody go find your rising sign okay now that we're in it and i know this is not all about astrology like how else does astrology help in terms of like manifestation and things like that.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, I don't or maybe it doesn't. No, it does. I so in like in my programs I don't use astrology when talking about manifestation, but I will say this like when we're talking money manifestation, if you look at what's called your second house in astrology, like the ruler of your second house, it can really speak to the way that's easiest for you to receive money. It can speak to your talents, which can translate to money. So a lot of people look towards the second house and what's going on in the second house when you were born. And that's a really, really good place to look at. And then if we're talking manifestation relationship wise, if you look at your seventh house and the ruler of your seventh house, for example, when I say ruler, I mean like if it's a Gemini, if it's, um, a Libra, if it's Aries, whatever's, whatever is listed there for your seventh house will let you know what your partner will be like. We'll let you know like what's important to you partner-wise. So it's just, for me, I look at it as it gets helps me get clearer on and clearer on my path to the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I guess that kind of leads into this next question that popped into my mind of terms of like, how does all of this, Besides the obvious, right? Like when you work on your self-love, self-trust, it allows you, of course, to have deeper connections while dating, but like, how? Like, how does this support your ability to be vulnerable um, or more connected or more engaged? Like, how do all of these things add to having those deeper connections?
1: How does it add to having deeper connections? That's a really good Question: Wait, are you talking about the modalities, all these different modalities, or just the self-work stuff in general?
0: Well, I think it would be interesting to talk about the modalities since you um, highlighted them for us. But uh, we can start there. And then if you have anything additional that you want to add, that'd be great. Yeah.
1: So I think with um, shadow work, with ego work, with human design, astrology, whatever you use. And, and I want to make it clear as well. I'm not saying this is the way you have to do it. This is what what is like the only way it works. I just love these modalities. To me, they're tools to help you create deeper awareness of self. And here's the deal. When you have deeper awareness of self, self and deeper acceptance of self, that translates to deeper acceptance of someone else. Like you begin to see things, um more clearly you begin to see people more clearly and connection i feel like a big part of connection a big part of vulnerability is well let me start with connection first is the willingness to step outside of yourself the willingness to step outside of yourself and it, the willingness to be aware of like how somebody's what somebody's saying what um like to have a flow with it like you're getting outside of yourself You're getting outside of yourself and you're being present with someone else. And I feel like with these modalities, it allows us to get outside of the way we normally do things, the the way we normally see things, being open to something other than the way we've been doing things all along. And so when that happens, then you can begin to see people for who they are and you can build true connection. Um, And with vulnerability, well, vulnerability to me is just honesty. I, I tell this to my students all the time. Like, I just think of vulnerability as honesty. And if we're honest, that means we're accepting of the truth, or the truth of what's true for ourselves. And so if you're in that state of acceptance of self, then you can be vulnerable with someone else and you can invite them into your space. Well, that what that translates to is like deeper levels of acceptance for that person as well, because you're accepting of you.
0: Yeah. Right. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think that developing that like leads straight to the development of like emotionally, emotional intimacy with that partner. What happens when sometimes like a person's approach to dating isn't in alignment with their expectations for what they want to get out of it? Like, for example, they want to be in a committed relationship, but they aren't committed to building those genuine connections with people like why maybe go into why alignment is really important yeah
1: i think that with alignment it's like if there's something you desire to experience are you bringing that energy to the thing that's like hands down the vibe are you bringing that energy to the thing if you desire commitment are you committed to the dating process One, like that's the first thing i ask people you desire committed a uh, commitment how committed are you to the dating process because how many like times do we hear where it's like it's been a week on Bumble I give up or this it's date number two I thought they were the one you literally don't probably don't even remember their last name (laughs) and you're giving up on the dating process and under the assumption that it's never going to work out for you well if you desire commitment bring that energy to the dating process and watch it come right back to you
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true to everything. It's like, even like, I want to be a CEO. I want to own my own company. It's like, okay, what kind of energy are you bringing to that? Are you like every day working towards that goal? Are you just sitting here watching TV, uh, not figuring out how to do it being like, I want to own my own company. It's like, okay, well it doesn't feel like you do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I think there's a, like, that can kind of be that saying or that question can be for anything, any kind of relationship or or goal in mind. That that's really interesting. I like that you said like bring the energy and not not throwing your hands up in the air and giving up, especially in for dating. And I have a really good friend. I don't want to say she dates the wrong guys, because that's not fair. I'm not her, but I feel like they don't the people that she dates does not match. The type of relationship she wants. Yeah. Is that, is that a self love, self trust thing? Or is it like, I don't know, being blindsided by something? Like, why does someone continuously make the same or choose the same path or make the same quote unquote mistakes or assumptions by about someone only to realize that it's not really, you know, the person that they want or the person that also wants that type of relationship,
1: yeah, th- that's a really good question actually. and the way I see it is like and this goes back to what I was saying about the unconscious work, like the shadow work, if you're constantly I think you mentioned something you said something like she dates people that don't match what she's actually looking for, yeah, but she but she's like willing to be available for it, though it, yeah. it didn't match mm-hmm. right okay, yeah, so there's a lesson to be learned. That's not that someone doesn't, someone's not ready to yet learn. And so have you ever heard that um, phrase where it's like, you'll date, I can't even remember the phrase, but it's something like, it's something like a different face, but same person
0: or something like that, where you date. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I don't know what phrase you're talking about, but just that <laughs> sentence, I'm like, yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, there we go, there we go. So for me, I'm like, the way I see it is there's something that's being mirrored back to you in the, yeah. like when you have the same person, different face, it's like, maybe they'll get it this time. Maybe they'll get it this time. Yes. Maybe they'll get it this time. A- a- and the situation, it's like, it's a, actually, and people would look at it. Most people look at it as this is like, they might drop into victim energy where they're like, why is this happening to me? This is so yes. unfair. I, I can't get the guy I want. I can't, like, I can't find emotional ava- emotionally available men or whatever. And to me, I'm like, this is a gift. You're being mirrored back to you. You're having an opportunity to actually see so clearly what it is you won't allow yourself to experience. You're actually having it be put right in your face. Like you don't even have to look for it. It's being mirrored back to you what's in your way. The question is, will you like i don't know accede to the lesson like acquiesce to the lesson, or will you be like, "Nope, I still believe I'm not I, I I can't have the thing, so this
0: is the only thing I think is available to me that's really interesting, and I knowing her, it makes so much that makes so much sense mm-hmm. um or like i'm i've also and I don't, again, I don't want to speak for her, but I could see somebody saying, I am undeserving mm-hmm. of X, even though I want it, mm-hmm. I don't feel I'm deserving of it. And so I'm going to settle for, th- for this, you know, because I because I could see her just feeling like, I want this type of person and this type of relationship, but then internally being like, I'm undeserving of it or I'm terrified of it. Yeah and so i'm going to constantly have this so i don't have to be here and get hurt or get that type of committed relationship and then get hurt and be because it's like this whole self-doubting i don't i don't love myself i'm undeserving i don't trust myself to be in that position and not get hurt right um i could also see that being um like a reason behind it. I don't know if that's actually a thing. I'm just totally making that up.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. But, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, I feel unworthy. I mm-hmm. feel like, do you want to know what I really think? I feel like when people say I'm unworthy of this thing, I'm unges- undeserving of this thing, I don't believe it's possible. I actually think it's a really cute euphemism for protecting, like this is very unconscious, at a very unconscious level. It's a cute euphemism for protecting the, like something you're tr- you're not letting yourself experience. Like, for example, with the emotional availability, that's a big thing with people. They might say, like, I just I don't know. I I can't see it happening. I don't think it's possible. It's never happened before. So it probably won't happen. It's like you might be benefiting in some way from not having an emotionally available partner and you don't even realize it at a deep, unconscious level you're benefiting because why else would you be available for it? Why else? It's just probably out of your awareness.
0: Yeah. Well, and also it kind of, it kind of goes back to that manifestation. And that's something that you had mentioned as well. Like for me, I had been told that I had been told or like asked like, who do you think you're going to find that's going to marry you? where where you have three little kids under the age of 4 like nobody's going to marry you no one's going to treat you that way and i i had been told that and for a brief time you know i felt that and and then when i was going through the beginning of my divorce or when when we separated for some reason, I just kind of woke up and I was like, I'm a bad bitch and I'm hot and I'm smart and I'm successful and my kids are goddamn cute. <laughs> and I'm going to find somebody because they'd be so lucky, so lucky to find me. And because wow. I had that mindset, it opened up. Yeah. Well, like dating and then finding hunter and opening that up and allowing that experience to happen where i could have easily been like i'm broken who's going to want me i'm go i'm in the middle of this t- this terrible divorce and i have all these kids and i'm by myself who nobody's going to want me i think it's easy to slip into that and i think if i didn't have that manifestation affirmation talk to myself I probably wouldn't be sh- be talking doing this podcast or sharing this story with you so I think it's really that manifestation stuff and affirmations is really really powerful to to people in general and definitely women for dating so um any any tips in terms of manifest manifestation because I don't I think that's the only thing I didn't really cover and I would love to hear from you of like how do we manifest?
1: Yeah, that's a really good, like, I love this conversation. I I love talking about manifestation. And when it comes to dating, like you brought up a really good point about like, well, first of all, I don't know why that tells you that about like, you know, who would want you, you have these kids and everything like that. And I love how you, because like, for me, what I hear when I hear that is someone's projecting onto you, like their ideas about how marriage gets to work, dating gets to work, whatever. Um, And what I love is like, for you, you seem to be able to change your mind and be like, actually, no, this isn't how it is for me. So the first thing I would say like with manifesting is you've got to be willing to not play into people's projections of how things get to work. Like you really have to be, before we even talk about anything else, you've got to decide, You really got to decide, I'm actually not going to play into projections about my age in dating, about my children, about my, how it's never worked before. Why would it work now? Even your own projections, because that's the projection I hear a lot is like, well, I've never had a boyfriend or a partner before. So how could I have one now? That might be a, a projection where you're like telling yourself why something's not possible. You've got to be willing to not listen to other people's projections and definitely not your own. You've got to be willing to decide how it gets to be. That's like, yeah, that's number one. You've got to be willing to decide how it gets to be. And it's like you've got to be willing as well. Like, cause sometimes even when you decide how it gets to be, there might be that voice in your head that's like, oh no, it's not possible. And da-da-da-da. You've got to be willing to keep deciding how it gets to be, keep proving to yourself. Every day. Every day. Every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like you don't want to be play a victim to your own mind. And what your mind conjures, what other people conjure, be a decider. I don't even think that's a word, but whatever. Be a decider of of what you want. That's the most powerful way to manifest, to be honest, is to decide.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I like, I'll reiterate again, it is every day because Hunter wasn't the first person that I dated, you know, there was Mm -hmm. people before him. That did not obviously go great in my favor, um, mm. and I could have easily been like, "Oh nope, people are right. Nope, these people are terrible." Like, but no, I just kept being like, "Okay, well, you know what? Like, not for me, but the person who is for me is there waiting for me, so I better go find him." <laughs> and it's an every, it's an everyday thing. So I love that you, um, that you say that. It's like kind of like an every hour thing too, right? <laughs> like every time someone rejects you on your swipe app or writes you a nasty message or you're like, wow, I really liked this guy. And he's like, sorry, you're just not my type. Like every every time you have to be like, okay, well, I'm not your type, but guess what? I'm someone else's type and someone else will be my type and I will find each other, right? You're not it. Thank you for for saving me time. And now I'm gonna move on to to find that person that. Like it is that we are both are each other's type.
1: I love this. If people had half the determination and trust you had, listen, it's no wonder oh. you found what you were looking for. Because this is the actual, <laughs> the actual frequency, the actual energy that goes behind it, exactly what you're saying.
0: Well, and I'll say this: is that if you played this exact podcast for me but five years ago, I would never believe that that was me Mm. saying those things. And I think it's so important. Well, probably more than five years ago, maybe like seven years ago, but it is so important to do the work and put in the time because this did not, this did not happen overnight. Like I, and I'm very open about this. Like, I started having an eating disorder at eight years old. And so my self-confidence, my insecurities, my hate towards myself started at eight years old. And so it was a long journey and long healing process to get myself to where I am today. And it's hard. And I want to tell people, like for the people who are like, this is hard, this is too hard. It's like, you make these choices every day, every hour, every minute, every second. And when you approach it with this type of energy or like mindset, it changes things for you. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's hard work. But yeah, if you played this for me, I'd be like, I don't know who that person is. That's not me. (laughs) I love
1: it. I love it. Yeah. And then another piece to it, too, is like, yeah, it's hard work. It's both the duality of it. It's like, yeah, it can feel like at times like the way I like to look at it is at times it can feel like a challenge. That's the way I see it. Like sometimes it's like, wow, I feel like I'm really being being challenged or stretched. And uh, the duality of it is I also feel like this is allowing me to live a better life because it's like this isn't by force. You know what I mean? This is a choice. And to me, the benefits outweigh the small moments of challenges or stretching. Because to me, I feel like I live a better life because of this. And I think sometimes the way people approach this work, it's all there. They aren't experiencing that duality. And if it's all hard all the time, well, you have to ask yourself, like, what are you doing this for? It should be to
0: enhance your life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. This has been so fun. I I always ask this question on my podcast. If you could have anyone listening, get one piece of advice from this episode, what would it be?
1: Yeah. Be willing to see things differently. And it's like sometimes, and there's duality in this. It's like sometimes like with dating, what I'll often tell people is like, be willing to see things as they are, not what you want them to be. But the duality in this is in manifestation, be willing to see things as you want them to be, not as they are. If you can hold the duality of both those things, what I just said, you're going to win in life. They can find me over at the self-love fix on Instagram. Uh, they can also find my podcast, the self-love fix, anywhere podcasts are played, if that's the word, played, um, streaming, streaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The this self, this Self-Love Fix podcast. And
0: my website is BeatriceCamau.com. I appreciate you being here and um, sharing this with the audience. Yes, thank you so much. I had the best time. As always, thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram at BadassBasicBitch. And thank you to Saw and Sign, our production studio. We'll see you next week.